Hey guys, thanks for joining me again. Stop dropping roll. Today, I'm excited to talk to my guest, Flobito Boyce. Flobo is a DJ, world-renowned DJ, an author, a comedian. And one of the things that's fascinating about Flobo is that he ran for mayor once. <laughs> but the thing I like most about Flobo, or most interesting, is he's one of those dudes that completely transitioned his life by losing 150 pounds. Flobo talks about what it was like to be a big kid and, and that carrying over into being a big adult and how he was treated, but now how he's treated after losing all that weight and what it's done for his self-esteem and his lifestyle. Check out Flobo. I yeah. agree to be recorded. Do you consent? <laughs> I do. I acknowledge. <laughs> you consent to be recorded. Phew. Because I don't want no drama. <laughs> I'm on your podcast. Hey, you can't record me, though. Uh, it's a conversation then, Flobo. Well, I had like a homeless guy um, on my podcast, and he said, we could talk about everything but homelessness. I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> that like, makes it difficult. <laughs> Sam Collection Sports? What do you guys talk about that? So I'm like, yeah, what do you think about those Knicks? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, uh, oh right no tv huh no. <laughs> that's <laughs> no. <laughs> no it was very hard to talk around right um, and we're doing the podcast out in the street right I so, so, we got so uh, we got flobo boys on here what's up uh and um you know, flo is a like i don't know want to give you too many titles but you're like a great comedian uh philanthropist uh <laughs> uh self self-proclaimed nerd and yeah. and all this kind of stuff i feel like when people say they're nerd i feel they're just secretly telling us like yeah, i'm smart oh oh absolutely not dude like i am the dumbest because again i'm in my mid-30s i don't know if people care about ages but I, I don't care uh i feel like we're the last generation of where that used to be a bad thing like i oh. was into archie comics that was my first nerddom which is like even the comic book nerds made fun of archie comic fans and mm-hmm. so, and I was also a big kid too. So like, I got my, my books taken for me and I got made fun of for having zit super early. Like, right. and so when I, people will say, I'm such a nerd about like this now I go, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know, man, we were like veterans of a forgotten war. You watching yeah. Batman on a movie screen ain't the same thing of having the Batman board game from 1967. Right. Or having <laughs> it taken away from you. Oh yeah, man, for <laughs> sure. Jughead Jones is my homeboy. Well, you you mentioned something that I wanted to talk about. You, you used to be a big kid. You went from being a big kid to being a big adult, like by big physically. We, physically, we mean, yeah, uh, yeah not not yeah, career wise. <laughs> I was huge, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Top of the world, man. Yeah, I was in the back behind, uh, you know, I'm saying Gary Coleman. Actually, <laughs> no, but um, like as far as weight wise, and uh, mm-hmm. and and you overcame that, and you uh, you went through an incredible physical uh, transition, metamorphosis, a change. And I kind of wanted to talk about that because a lot of that's very difficult for a lot of people to transition their life or the pressure to do that now, especially with social media, that pressure is now blaringly, you know, you know, obvious in your face, seeing all the images on social media and all this. Everyone's living a dope life. Right. right. It's a, doing it's a dope weird, things. It's a weird dynamic because on social media, there is the. We love you how you are. Don't mm. body shame. All curves are great. But then everyone right. super likes super transformation Tuesdays. And it was like, which one do you, 
acknowledged. Thankfully for me, when I started working out in in 09, social media was around, but it wasn't uh, as as prevalent now where you can get YouTube deals for selling flat tummy tea because you lost 30 pounds or whatever. So uh, for perspective, I was, I was 24. Uh, I was 375 pounds. Um, That's a six extra large shirt and a 56 inch waist jeans. Wow. I made a point to wear jeans because people don't know once you get over 50, they put elastic in everything. And so Mm. I always equate elastic with like, Given up. So I don't wear sweatpants at this day. I'm like, aren't you hot? I'm like, yes, but I can fit in these because I was so close to not being able to. From, Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. You say you don't wear sweatpants because I don't wear sweatpants or, or at home is different. Yeah. But like when you get to uh 50 cents, 50 inch waist or size gotcha, extra, gotcha. extra large, all they even the jeans, it's just elastic. Like fashion designers give up. Like, ah, here's a here's a bag of material fitting that fat guy. Right, right. Uh, oh, so, damn. So, so when I lost the weight, I I don't I wear pants, I wear jeans, I wear everything but sweats. Like I don't this is to me, I feel like that's like given up right uh, right you're still on this path it's still a challenge for you because you uh you said you were a fat kid and at one point at your peak you were uh 375 mm-hmm. and then you just said the hell with it i ain't meeting no ladies <laughs> I, you know what's fun? i actually retired man i retired from dating right before i started losing weight not because of like oh women are tough but like i didn't I didn't love myself enough to think I could date, right? So you think of yourself as a product. When 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 Apple comes up with a new iPhone, it doesn't go, well, here's some new stuff. It doesn't really have a good battery life. And the screen cracks really easily. Buy it if you want. It's no, it's the best iPhone ever. Get it now, brother. So I want to get myself on that level. And the, my girlfriend was actually my first crush back in, in high school. If she wasn't my first crush, I wouldn't even, I even try dating her. So for me, it, it's been a whole journey when it comes to that just even appreciating what i have in myself deep on the on the inside and doing it but yes it's it's a journey every time like Mm. the intermittent fasting is a new thing my first 80 pounds i lost and people Mm -hmm. think i'm making this up but it's true the subway diet i did the subway diet first then i did like the the mediterranean for a bit then i did carnivore for a bit then i'm doing intermittent fasting more balanced high protein high fat kind of a thing now so it is a constant relationship with food as i go through wow uh my thing is i'm not necessarily an emotional eater but my parents were working class so I'll probably get into that a little later they're working class they work like six five jobs between them five six jobs between them Damn. so when they when they made all oh, right they're, they're west indian yeah they're west indian exactly <laughs> Stereotypes of true health. Uh, six jokes. <laughs> How you manage? <laughs> they're from where? Where were they from? Uh, they're from Barbados, uh, St. Lucia, right. Paris, uh, the northern part. It's important because even for them, even though the island's small by American standards, right. for for them, that's like the sticks. That's like that's like the countryside. Um, so they had like my dad's side had like sheep and goat, and they were like uh, butchers and stuff. My mom's mom chopped sugar cane. Like that was like her thing. She went out to the fields and chopped cane right. crop and, and dunces and all that stuff. So that's like as like as working class as you could get. Oh, absolutely. Chopping sugar cane. My mom wanted to leave the island. And this is the, this is the 60s now. Uh, she wanted to leave the island. And there was very few opportunities for women. It was like you could be a banker or a teacher. And that was it or work the fields and so my mom no avon no avon the avon was a night but now you can't get rid of it man it's an invasive species um uh she she decided to go to nursing but to do that she had to like leave the country and go to scotland to become a midwife as they called it back then just to get mm. out of that system uh, of just like the here the room. wow so she had to leave barbados and go to scotland 
at the time. Yeah, I mean, she Ouch. trained. She trained at QEH, which is the the main, the main hospital there. But but yeah, uh, it was the sixties. Now now it's different. It's, it's a whole different economy. I'm just thinking weather wise. Oh oh yeah yeah. The transition of like Barbados and Scotland just it just I just got a chill. <laughs> My but mom has ahead. a story about a summer coat. It's like, I had to buy a summer coat. <laughs> I sat out and it's cold. Yeah, but you're right. It's a whole change for her and a change and a change her life. But but that's what it was. It was able to, to leave and do that. So now, even though my life is tough, two right. generations ago, I'd have been sweating my balls off cutting off these crops, man. That's crazy. And sugar cane, yeah. But, yeah, cane. And sheep and, farming. Or but yeah, yeah, sheep. And my, my dad's dad. My, my dad's uncle, so my great uncle, a guy named Galvo, he's kind of a local hero uh, back then. He was famous for being able to hold his breath for super long, but he was to catch fish by himself. Take the net. Under, underwater, not just underwater. Yeah, sitting, yeah. There. I'm sitting, just sitting there. Just sitting there. Count me down. You know? <laughs> yeah, you go underwater for like four or five minutes at a time. And so wow. that was like the, the whole thing. So even though it's rough and we're the first generation that's not as prosperous as the ones that came before us. The problems I have like, Oh, look, no one's watching my podcast. Isn't the same um, as, as right. they did, but well, you, getting well, topic. no, no, no. But I, I get what you're saying. You're saying our, our problems compared to people from back in the day. And you could say that in America too, no matter where you are minuscule yeah. in comparison to different flavor. But but then it's but then problems are relative, right? Because the generation before us has made it easier for us. Oh yeah. But, so then our problems are still problems. Like we're still, even though it's not like I don't have shoes, it's kind of like I would never say easier. Uh, there's a book that's very famous. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I yes, I read that book. Yeah. Uh, the problems has changed. So yes, mm-hmm. it's very important to me that mm-hmm. no one's buying my my digital media because that's how I eat. That's how I feature myself. Yes, but try yeah. to explain that to someone where their parent works sixteen hours in the field, like right. that is almost incompatible. But the, the problems are still still made to the same. Problems. The weight of a problem is in 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 your mind, you know, and your uh, resilience and in in your tolerance. Like right. billionaires have committed suicide because they lost and they still had six billion left, but they lost two billion. And I'm like, I lost, you know. <laughs> Yo, bro, this one time I went to a, a, a Ralph's or a Kroger or whatever your, your listeners are, a grocery store, and I forgot to get the $40 cash back and I walked out the store. I still cry about that. It's been like four years. Right, right. I'm like, Yo, $40 I wasted. Uh, <laughs> yes. But sorry, I'm anyway, getting off topic. We're, we're both fat, getting off topic. The, the let's go thing. back to let's go back to the three three seventy five sweatpants. Yeah, and no, elastic giving up on life. <laughs> go. <laughs> well, man, I, I did the end. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so uh, for me, my my family were very very. Where I have bad portion control. That was my thing. I wasn't an emotional eater. I didn't have trauma on that level. It was just, they worked really hard to provide. They made the plate full. You're supposed to clear the plate. And as you get older, mm. the plates get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you go to college and basically at my college, full meal plan, three buffets a day. Um, so I didn't say, I won't say that it was self-inflicted. Like I ate myself sick as people say, mm-hmm. but definitely when you have that access to things and you know how hard food is to come by, when you have an option to go for it, you do. And it's something I still struggle with today. Huh. Control. Let me ask you something. So you're saying that your family struggled hard. It was hard to put food on the table. So then they come to America and they're like, hey, finish your food. You know, like, what oh, they yeah, like. yeah, yeah. I mean, so they kind of were like food was. Do you know how hard it was for us to ha- have this kind of meat mm-hmm. and meals? And so they kind of you're saying they sort of pushed that on you. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it was it was inadvertently, but like you saying. have this this barter farm culture, right? I I grow yam, you grow breadfruit, you grow mm-hmm. you have sheep, and whoever one trade. So imagine having that system, mm-hmm. and then you're working at a job where, in theory, you can go to one one place and get everything at once, and have some kid be like, "Oh, I don't like sweet potato. I hate sweet potato." Oh, I got you. Sorry, I don't like right. oxtail. I was like, "What do you mean you don't you don't like? <laughs> what do you, mean you don't like? You what don't get to like and not like." <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what it was. And so you kind of got shamed into doing it, you know? Mm, that's the West Indian way, too. That they, they don't play with that stuff. They don't. It's like, like, a, Wait, like a Caribbean dad, for sure. But were you the only uh, only kid? or I'm the youngest. Yeah. So what about your other brothers and sisters? or whoever, uh, tell me I have one that. older brother. Um, so my brother did the opposite. He, he did that and then realized that he got into girls a lot younger than I would have. Uh, he realized girls don't like guys would wait. So he started, he started not eating. He started just, just pocketing food, not eating it, to slip down. And he broke that chain that way. But you uh-huh. get shamed for not eating it. You get shamed for eating it. You get shamed for bringing in food from on the outside street. Can't believe on a Sunday you're eating burgers and fries. You got to eat good meat. Like it's, just, it's this whole relationship with food that's really pushed when you're on that that culture and that, that, that budget. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But for me, I was kind of the baby. I didn't really, I had an older brother, but we're six and a half years <clears> apart. And now it doesn't matter. But back then, as teenagers and kids, it's like a whole yeah, other generation. thing. Yeah. So I never hung out with them. So I was, I was with myself. So I used to be the one that would be the obedient kid and did that. And you ate what they told you to eat. Pretty much. Yeah. And then were, there were, were your parents, uh, were they of size that they eat a lot? My mom's side of the family were uh, they, they, they call they call healthy right they were they were on one side and my dad's side was thin but I used to joke about this but they had gynecomastia so which is like the the man boobs so growing up I had both I had I had the weight I had the size of the man boobs sometimes I feel like in the alternate universe I would have been the athlete because I was also way more durable than my brother I didn't get sick nearly as much and I ate vegetables too I wasn't just like eating like all the bad stuff I ate everything and was uh, it to try to please them by eating all this food. Uh, I think looking back on it, yeah. I think looking back on it, because even when when I was in, in high school and I would get off of school at 2.45 and my dad was coming up 4.30 to make dinner and I was like starving, you know, because um, I used mm-hmm. to eat lunch at school because I was in so many different clubs. I would go and like buy like $8 worth of snack foods and like down that, ruin my appetite, but then I still had to perform <laughs> that night eating dinner and that just became an issue. Oh, uh, I got you. So you were like double eating. So you weren't used. You weren't eating when you were hungry. You were just. Yeah, that's one of the things you got. I still fight with today. Where it's kind of like, well, you know, it's, you know, I could eat. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I deal with that. People look at me as regular sized, whatever that means. Yeah. Except for down there, you know what I'm saying? No, hey. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to agree. It's like it's like that Backstreet Boy. Am I sexual? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I just remembered that song as you said it. Now I never looked at it that way. <laughs> all right, brother. You you go ahead. Yeah. All right. You, you do you. Damn. Why well, I gotta sign off on your sexualness? <laughs> <Word>. <laughs> no, but uh, I digress. No, but I'm saying that I'm cons- even me being considered whatever yeah. regular size in this in this matrix. Right. I uh, I find myself, especially during the pandemic and all, I find myself not remembering eating, like being really hungry and then eating. It's just always that like you just kind of eat. Oh, like, oh, it's three o'clock. This is around when I graze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we're just it's just like a knee jerk reaction. It's not like a 
I feel hungry now I eat or I feel thirsty now I drink. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I was the opposite to the pandemic. I was too afraid because uh, when I was lost <laughs> away, I got to a program of running four or five times a week mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and trying to do the weight, the gym stuff. Um, mm. And when they said stay in like a good two months where it was like, I wasn't sure if you can get it by going outside, which sounds weird now, which sounds even weirder 10 years from now. Right, there was, right, a, there was right. a feeling that you opened your door, like the cold was smacking the face. I gotcha, bitch. Like, I didn't know. So I, <laughs> right, I used to right. be in the house. And so I went the opposite. I, I kind of went to fasting. I've been my fast now 16, 18, 20 hours a day, sometimes in cycles, just to, to balance out my portion control problems. Because frankly, I didn't want to have that issue. See, I don't know if you know this, but I'm jumping ahead. If you, I don't know what your questions are. Yes, but yes. I, I, I lost a bunch of the weight and I had excess skin uh, in, in my, my front. And so one bad day I decided mm-hmm. to get the, the surgery. So I basically have a scar that runs from my breastbone, uh, to the top of my, you know, and my other side of my hips. And they, they filleted me and took out seven pounds of skin. And wow. my friends donated through crowdfunding 3000 of that $8,500 surgery. So, uh, I go, my, my friends bought into me in this body. So I use that as motivation. Like, hey, man, have a little something extra today, maybe tomorrow, but day three, make sure you balance it out with something else because mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to look like at wasting their money giving me abs surgically. <laughs> you know? So uh, how long ago did you lose this weight? Uh, so the first 150 pounds, which I, I call, that's why I had the surgery, right? So I've lost weight after the surgery, but that took about four years. So that was uh, February 26, 2009, which I always celebrate that day on my calendar as a day of reflection and mm-hmm. being two with the health up until August of 12 is when I lost the first 150 pounds. And I had the surgery at that point. You say 150 pounds yeah, you lost. Wow. I lost. And then I had the surgery then. And then since then, I have lost uh, another 30 or 25 since then. So 175 in total. So how much did you weigh then and how much do you weigh now? Uh, 375 is what I tell people, but truthfully it was like 371 and uh, now I'm 213 on a good day between mm-hmm. 210 and 215, 220. I'll go ham and for a week, you know, holidays, right, but, right, but right, to right. me, the goal weight is always 213, which is still technically obese at six foot tall. I'm supposed to be 200, but I have a bit more mass. So yeah, but that, that's like, that's just being American. So what was the, what was the tipping point though? I mean, I what was the point where you said, sorry, go ahead. There's no, no, I'm going to cut you off. You got to hear the question, but it's your show. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for asking the question there, Flobo. Um, no, but I hate those shows with the, the dudes ask his question is longer than the person's answer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got you. There was, there was two of them. There was two different points for me. And and one, it's a general knowing that uh, the world treats you differently when you're heavy. Um, I got, my mom is also a bigger person. And mm-hmm. one Mother's Day, which sounds messed up, but she loved it. I got her, her own seatbelt extender for the airlines just three different kinds of seatbelts i bought her a set for every one so she doesn't have to ask which is always the most weird worst part is asking uh. for that seatbelt extender because frankly if you guys don't know this they use those things for the safety instruction video or safety instruction demonstration so you got to ask uh. them afterwards hey before you leave can i get one of those it's kind of messed up um so that was always in the back of my head but one summer i was in grad school to my second and third year and it's always a girl right um, not so much I want to date girls, but like this one girl was was around the same town I was, and we started doing things around. She was a big hockey fan. We went to the, the Ducks play in Anaheim. She was a D- Disneyland person. The problem with that is because I was 24 and had the heart of a guy twice my age, I always had to make concessions. 
Are we going to a hockey game? Well, how long can it be? Can I leave my sweat rag at home? I'm by ice, but I may sweat a lot. Let me bring it. Oh, Disneyland is great, but how many benches they have? Can I find strategically time to rest where I'm not holding everyone back? And that was a moment going, I shouldn't have to plan that before leaving the house. Let me find a way to work on that. So people, I usually say a girl has to be funny, uh, but people like, oh, because she was hot. I was like, well, that wasn't the point. (laughs) The point was to Mm -hmm. do all these things that as someone in my 20s, she'd be like, let's go, baby. I'll bring the booze. It's me going, crap. Can I make this work? Because again, the world is not treating you the same mm-hmm. when you're in that size. So you had a crush on this girl. Yeah. And it was a slow burn. It wasn't and- like, oh yeah. But it was kind of like, oh, she's asking me to hang out with her. Maybe she right. sees something more than me. Maybe she does like me. Let me try to be the best physical specimen a man could be to get her eventually. Right. So oh, it wasn't she- like me on the prowl. Hey man, I ain't judging. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm judging. I'm judging. <laughs> he sound all guarded. <laughs> I wasn't trying to I'm trying to be on the prowl, brother. No. There's always a girl, man. It's always a girl. Well, it sounds like she did see your heart, your your true heart. So she was interested in you. I guess. But <laughs> oh, what I was gonna say is that um, it's something I would never think of that all that strategizing you have to do just to do traverse through life like anybody else at 24 you're like thinking i gotta bring my sweat rag is there benches there and you gotta do that and and when you do meet someone you like you always want to be the best version of yourself for them and so Mm -hmm. that would now did you end up dating this girl no i know they always say my mom would say that people meet as a reason in a season so i'm i'm glad i had that summer to really put things in perspective Mm -hmm. but ultimately we don't really talk anymore you know i mean kind of the when i separate ways you're not like you because now you look great now. I mean, like this is as straight as I could say it without sounding. Like, yeah, you look good, bro. Am I sexual? You got to drop like in order for uh, straight guys to say compliment each other, you got to be a little harsh at the end. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. look good, nigga. Yeah, you look good, baby. You know how it is. You know, all day I would totally hit that if I was a chick. Well, well I ain't saying all that. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> um. No, no, but I mean, you're not, so you're not like showing, hey, look what, look what you missed out on. <laughs> you're not like getting in front of her, like, you could have had all this. I am, I am glad you mentioned that. Cause when I was a kid, and, I, and I'm not sure if, if, if you were about that life either, but all the talk shows were about that. Jenny Jones, Ricky Lake, right. like, I used to be a geek and now I'm chic. All these, <laughs> right, these right, rhyming right. names. At the time and starting, and, and even those days when you were trying to push yourself harder on the track of the gym, like, oh man, when I get sexy, I swear to God, she's going to know. Um, mm-hmm. But when it's done and you're kind of like, you know what, man, I, it, there was the desire to do that wasn't there. Yeah, you do a couple of social media posts, get the love from your friends and family, but you climb the mountain yourself. And it was like, yeah. all right, I'm willing to, to move on. I'm willing to do anything. Um, of course, you know, there's some days I'm drinking going like, man, I hope one day she catches a flat tire in front of my house so I can tell her no. <laughs> but it was never like, let me show her how much I've changed. It's not really my thing, you know? Yeah, I feel like that too. It's not really like, I feel like it's too much work <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to try to um, partition for your, for someone's love. But, uh, but I, but I know that that's like a, a fantasy of, of a lot of people to like, it's like, hey, look what you missed out on. And it's like, oh, how you like me now, as they used to say back in the day. Yeah. But then at the same time, you're saying you're a good person, but at the end of the day, you signed your entire self worth to your physical being. Was, so. was, yeah, wrapped up into your weight. 
you know, pounds or whatever. People always ask me, yo, you are dope as hell. How you get this way? It's like, I was fat for 26 years, bro. Like you learned to have a good personality because you know how it is to be seen as lesser than or not part of a group or someone making fun of you or being treated the worst thing, being treated like a mascot, you know, and when someone oh, goes, I just love you, rat. Ex- you love explain. your writer. Yeah, okay, I'll tell you that. When, when you have someone where you like them enough mm-hmm. and you don't quite respect them though, um, you would walk in there and smile and do jokes inside jokes with and, and break balls with, but you'll never reconnect with them on a deeper level or invite mm-hmm. them everywhere. When I was in high school, I was popular. People say, were you popular? I'm like, well, pe- no one really hung out with me. I didn't have girlfriends. I didn't have a, a crew like that. I was never invited to, now kids go to Starbucks, but after school, we go to McDonald's. I was never invited to that. But mm-hmm. when I, in school, it was like, hey man, how you doing? <laughs> you know? Right, like right. same with like and it, it sucks we do this in this country but like janitors or the person serving us meals we're just nice to them on a surface level mm. and so i always think that's being treated as a mascot i like mr met but i don't go to a mets game to see mr met <laughs> he's just there right 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 <laughs> huh, that's interesting and then it's like uh you, you're not humanized in a way is what you're saying oh yeah and i did that directly i went to the whitest school in the country for college undergrad for, for undergrad and it was like so what do you feel about this you know, like the, the, the whole class would turn when a black question came up, you know? Right, right. You right. saw my Kwanzaa? I'm like, no, not really. Yeah. Uh, my parents aren't American. Uh, Kwanzaa is not American. I, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, but I'm like, just it, kidding. It, I know. Yeah. Don't get me started, man. I don't want to get canceled from your viewers. But like, this no. guy said. No, no, I always make fun of I I shock a bunch of non black people when I said, you know, I'm not really sure what the hell Kwanzaa is. And they're like, huh? I thought that was your thing. Like y'all thing. Like, no, it's got two A's in it. KW. Like that that looks like I chart stuff. It doesn't, it's not even a word. Like somebody made that shit up. 1966, I think. Yes. And it was just to say, look, look, white people, we need our own shit. Right. <laughs> Separate but equal. What? You gone for a circle? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we digress but but that's interesting what you're saying that you so you never felt the connection with people because they saw you as other you think right in certain groups i won't say all the time i mean you have your core network and people that care about you at a deeper level but right. when when you go to like uh like i said the whitest school in the country at the time uh, which is, talking, uh i went to flagler a- college uh, that was in florida san augustine florida uh so we had 2500 kids 25 of us were not white and that, and that also includes white people who are disabled, uh, mm. Latino, Lat, Latin, uh, Latina people. Uh, Latinx. People. Uh, apparently, kids Latinx is very polarizing. I think Latina is kind of more okay. conventionally. That's what I'm learning. Please let me know in the chat below. Yes. Th- th- thanks for educating me because <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I, have not. I thought Latinx was like an Anglo version of that. I feel like people say Latina. I don't know. I have a Latin friend. You know what I call him? Jorge. Yeah, <laughs> you get that ball. His name's not even Jorge. He's like, Yo, yeah. why are you calling me that, bro? Why are you calling him Jorge? <laughs> uh, you, but I just that, call him by his name. But anyway, go ahead. Call him by his name. You should. That's what you should. Uh, people, how they want to be called. But in, in groups like that, because it was the South and North Florida is very Southern. I know South Florida mm. is different. North Florida is very Southern. We're talking about red hats. We're talking about cargo shorts. You know, at the time, uh, I had to be an ambassador. I'm being thrust in this role where I'm have to represent the goodness of what 
people who happen to have my built-in suntan, which is surreal because black people will tell mm. you not all of us are a monolith, not all your skin folk is kin folk, but I was in this position because of how I spoke, how my parents were from, being in the South, being from this town, and understanding that when you tell me I'm a Yankee, I'm thinking baseball and not necessarily the cultural institution of Yankee is right. <laughs> Now, what was that like being a, a heavy kid growing up in Brooklyn? Because, you know, you, they played the dozens when you got messed up shoes on. Oh, yeah, yeah. They make so, fun of you, period, that that type of culture. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so so basically, and it sucked, too, because I was super sensitive as a kid. So imagine being a fat kid who cried a lot. Yeah, it was a wrap. I never played the dozens because I always lost. <laughs> um, right, but right. at the same time, as I got into... Uh, not quite high school. So 13, 14, there was a bit mm. of respect for me because I was so large because people are, at, that, at that age is how do you get out the hood to provide for your family? So I couldn't rap and I wasn't tall. So I play football. So when I was going mm. to high school, right, that my three weeks on the football team, uh, <laughs> it was, okay, that's going to be your ticket out the hood. All right, cool. All right, big man. Cool. All right. All right they call, um, there was, there was another dude named Chunk. They called me Jerome, like Bettis. And that was it. That was how I got into being accepted because people knew if you're good at sport, you were able to get out of there. That's why I wanted to be a football player, not because I liked the game. And I, as for, truthfully, I quit football because I was still like, comfortable with my own body to do locker rooms. <laughs> That's why I quit. That's what it was. But yeah, jokes, got them all the time. And I had bad acne. Um, and I talked like this, <laughs> you know, like I had how, some- How is this? How are you talking? So I have a voice that's not very deep. It's, it's, it has a high resonance, but it's not very bassy. So imagine being someone as large as I am, not having like the, like the voice to match. I was like, yeah, man, Jughead's great. <laughs> like, oh, Yo, you don't, it sounds incongruent, brother. <laughs> like what? Oh, you mean like, like Mike Tyson, you mean? Yeah, like Mike Tyson. And then I'm not even talking about the whole talking Mike thing because that happened so often. It didn't bother me as much, but definitely people thinking my voice didn't match my body. was something I had to deal with as well. You know, mm. and uh, you, then people thought you talked white. Oh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's anyone who was black, really. Anyone who was black that had a black friend that got a, an A in a math class. You talk white. You talk funny. Uh, you talk different. Um, and, and it's a it, very well-worn trope. A lot of people have that same issue growing up. So I don't really feel like it's a thing unique to me. Uh, but that's how we kept each other down. Right. That's how we kept ourselves on the same level playing field. Uh, it's about code switching, man. And and that's what it's it's cool now. Everyone has like these TikTok memes, like I code switch, but it was legit. My brother's yeah. on the phone is different than talking to my parents and my brother than certain classes I did. My mm. my Archie comic friends are different. My podcast voice is different. My wrestling voice is different. And that's something that, that you I said your what voice? Resting voice? Wrestling. Like my wrestling, oh, wrestling. my wrestling podcast fandom because oh. There is a, a sports presentation of things. That's right, brother. You got to do this. <laughs> no, I don't actually wrestle. What I, oh, okay. Never what mind. I'm saying is right now, <laughs> yesterday on day one, we had one match where Roman Reigns couldn't do it. Let's talk about this match right here, right now. That's very, I don't talk about that all the time. That's weird. If I went to a date. That How's would. it going, Lisa? Can I show? No, it's it was weird. That would be weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially in court or something. Like that. <laughs> I didn't do it, judge. Please. <laughs> Let's roll the tape. 
but we all do that anyway right like uh my brothers and them do that whenever they, they're teaching some of them are teachers or they teach classes and they yeah. put on that teacher voice i agree yeah. that's what that's why i think the code switching gimmick on social is funny because for us that's the way it's always been and i guess someone realized that that it happens more with minorities <laughs> and they kind of pump that up and make that celebratory but like chadwick and thurston are chadwick and thurston all the time unless they're drinking with the buddies at the bar that's the only time they do anything like that but for us most people of color most mm-hmm. new americans have at least four <clears throat> three or four different versions of you you on stage yes. is different than you in the podcast even yeah. the podcast is different with you with your boys and so on and so forth. Well, I mean, also when you're not, this is on a separate note, when you're not the majority in a society, you uh, are able to understand the language of the majority. The What, what would they say? Regional, mm-hmm. regional accent, uh, yeah. like, like newscasters do. Like they, not everybody talks like a newscaster like that. They're just trying to appeal to as many people as possible. Yeah. But, but when you're not, so when you see a newscaster person, they could be Asian, black, and they all sound like this is the news today. And to, right. because they're, they're fitting into the, the machine, the majority accent. And they're vagabonds. I think most news contracts are two years and they got to move somewhere else. So right. yeah, you yeah, can't so sound they, like you're from someplace. You came like, hi, y'all. Then, you know, you know, <laughs> news people said there have been three murders. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you seem awfully pleasant about that, ma'am. <laughs> I'm just Southern, you know, <laughs> like it's like the accent does not work right, <laughs> to right. be that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, even in the Caribbean, man, there's like the like the, the, the normal people yes. voice and there's like the politician voice. You're like, Wait, yes, how is that our accent, too? <laughs> I had no, no idea. that's true. Like you <laughs> see that when uh, in the Miss Jamaica or the Miss uh, Universe or whatever those things. And when they they could be from you hear them off camera and they're talking like with the stick Caribbean accent and they get there and they get asked the question well I believe to thine own self you must be true and you know <laughs> like, it's what? like what yeah, okay you from Trelawney girl how the hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but but so you got so let me just get back to you okay no nah, man Mr. Mr. Mako was dope <laughs> <laughs> no uh because this this is what I like about this is you're bringing me into a world that I like I feel like myself and like some of the listeners it's something we don't think about and sometimes you to really understand and know people mm-hmm. learning all these nuances you go oh, yeah that's a good point and you kind of sort of see your own follies as well like man did i make any fat jokes when i was coming up we all did. We all did. <laughs> yeah but but i must say when i was coming up in the uh, hood i'm doing air quotes most of the f- fat jokes were done by other fat people you have that, to hmm. why is that uh the, okay you know in comedy self-deprecation is the way to go now right we when mm-hmm. i was growing up all my comedic heroes uh jay leno uh, seinfeld were observational isn't it funny how we do this uh and there was a shift in comedy and it was we want to not hear jokes you want to buy into the person telling the jokes and so you'll see now and this is a are safe space right this is a safe space show yeah. When a black comic starts off doing comedy, there's always a, a gimmick where it's I'm black, but or when a homosexual or LGBTQ community starts, they always make their coming out story a comedic thing. Or when someone's Catholic, it's like about having a big family because it they want to sell who the person is when they're doing it. So back to fat jokes. Fat jokes are rough. They're they're they they are a, a protected class. They're not a protected class, but we get hurt the same way as if we were 
a protected class. And so a lot of us just lean into it and go, all right, you know what? I love food. I love who I am, even though that does cut us down on the inside out because you can go into it. There's no one to set up and say, hey, look, that's offensive. Because if someone does that, it's like the idea is that you're fat truly because of voluntary means. Therefore, you deserve it. And that's the difference. So no one feels any empathy for you because they think that, well, that's that's your choice. Absolutely. Yeah, it's your it's, choice. And some cultures, they don't need, they're really kind of mean to uh, to people who are bigger than normal or whatever they see as normal or whatever. No, we're West Indian, bro. That's how they greet you. Oh, your ass get big. <laughs> like, yo, it's that's true. And I, I didn't want to. Okay, so now you're just putting it out there so I can yeah. say it. Yeah, like West Indian people are very mean about like, I find you getting fat. Like uh, my my dad says that to my uh, sister, and he hadn't seen her in like seven years, eight years, and like no no warm and fuzzy. Good to see you. Miss you. First thing out of his mouth. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. I'll be honest with you guys, because because I love this show. Drop drop roll. Download today. Subscribe today if you haven't already. Is that that was the thing I dealt with being first generation. You know, mm. when I was. Well, I used to go every year time I was two and 14 years old. You mean go back to Barbados? Go back to BIM. Every summer I would go back to BIM and see my, my family. And I had a falling out with them when I was 14. So the, the years between 14 and 32, I hadn't gone back. And it was a detriment because I feel now there it's a culture on the outside I'm looking into because of, of things, tr- transgressions like that. People saying you look fat, but they still give the full plate of food. Or they'll give you the cookies for Christmas because you're fat. You'll love this. That sort of thing. Mm. I will never deny myself as being less than 100% from a single country, a single parish. But then this past two, three years was really a, a journey for me to tap into how much Bayesian I am. You know, and, and it's only because of, of being able to go back and embrace an island culture that these cousins, these uncles and aunts made you feel lesser than because you had a heavier frame or because you were born in a foreign country, even though right. you're hundred know? percent. Well, first of all, let me just let the, the listeners know that Bayesian is the word for people from Barbados. Colloquially it's Barbadian technically, but, but yes. Bayesian, we call ourselves. Bayesian, yeah, they call it yeah. like you'd say American or Armenian from someone from right. Armenia. Anyway, I had to tell you. Second of all, uh, what you were, what you're saying is, uh, one of those things, one of those cultural iniquities that we learned from the British. <laughs> yes. It's a very, uh, being colonized by the British, very competitive uh, culture. And it's very, because in British culture too, they're very not that nice with uh, what they consider as fatties or whatever. You know, they have all these nicknames in there. I think they're kind of harsh on heavy people too. Mm-hmm. And I think we've sort of inherited that for, through colonialism. I believe. I mean, I, you know, we, we can't completely blame them because we're still like the like yeah, we're still coasting on that. You know, now oh, it's yeah, up to yeah. us. Yeah, we're still <laughs> like they they introduced it and we flung the door open and just like kicked it wide open just uh, and run ran with it, you know, like yeah. a like a root like a baton, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll take that. <laughs> 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 just, just, just like breaking speed records with it, you know. <laughs> so cool. And it, no, but it's true. Like it's like a, I, I see the competitiveness in those Caribbean cultures, but also um, the way we're self-deprecating and make fun of each other and are ashamed of our blackness, and especially like we we got food that we weren't 
able to digest as well and so we got this the slops so this the the spare and we we ate it up and we and just because we made it fancy and gave it a fancy name it still wasn't good for us and not good for our Mm -hmm. dietary system yeah and then we make fun of ourselves when we do get caught up into that food system like you know what i mean oh yeah 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 like it 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 was really cool about the west indian culture is that we'll take what's given to us we'll make it work i mean if you think about it and i love it and i love the taste of it i'm not knocking i love i make it myself but mm-hmm. souse like the original recipe for souse was like a pig's head like no one ate right. that at all and and the fact we made that a delicacy and of course pig tail pig foot came after that and all that stuff it was like think about that and so yes. we're we're so used to, to taking what's left of us when we have someone come up that looks different or whatever we say oh look at you you're too good for us you're too scornful right as my mom would say you're too scornful you're too bougie and it's just a tragedy you know yeah i mean and it's the same way in, in uh black american culture like chitlins and that's like pig intestines it's yeah. like basically the people were like here you guys can eat this crap we're not gonna eat this part of the pig you can have that and then we dressed it up and made it fancy just so we don't have to deal with the fact that we're eating pig guts. Oh, absolutely. Fried chicken was to preserve the meat more days. That's what it was. It wasn't like, oh, man, let's just deep fry this and eat it. It was, it's going to mm. spoil if we don't cook it. Well, let's put mm. it fried so we can eat it tomorrow and the day after. And then now people are opening up fried chicken fusion restaurants in town right. in Los Angeles, charging me $20 for a sandwich. I'm like, yo, mm. for real? <laughs> well, did that, keeping that in mind, so the food is such a, a trap to it's also it, it leans you towards obesity a lot of our food choices right like because some people will have the argument that's like well it's not it's not our fault because all these companies are preservatives and like they're targeting our hood and we're doing this but at the same time we're the ones signing off on it so how do you feel about that sort of um i don't want to say a contradiction but yeah, that sort you. of a conundrum if you will yes. uh the reason being is that preservatives makes food cheaper and uh yes they're in the hood but because you can have a can in a bodega for two and a half years and it will keep you ever tried buying a, a, i try buying cucumbers if i don't eat it in three days it's done that's a wrap yeah. <laughs> you know and, and it's, it, so that, but that's what real food is <laughs> that's a real it's a wrap but yeah it's compost right. <laughs> yeah yeah yo for real and i remember growing up my parents I would say we were working class. I'll never say we were poor because we never didn't have food. Uh, but we ate the same things three, four days in a row. But with, the thing is about those foods of preservatives is they come with a sense of comfort. I used to get my allowance at the time, which sounds like I'm complaining, was $5 a week. Not complaining. But if you had to get lunch every day, how do you make mm-hmm. a dollar stretch every day? Well, Twinkies. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was zebra cakes because Twinkies were so associated with fat people. I went out of my way to not have that. So I got a Twinkie with frosting on top <laughs> and, a, and a city club soda was a dollar or mm. 75 cents. And that's what I ate every day to make sure I can maintain my allowance. And I can imagine if I was a husband or a father of four. Right, right. And I've right. been there myself in 2020 when the world shut down and, and the lines for the stores were so long. I said, look, I'm not going to be able to go every day. I got to go get all the food I can now. I have a hundred and ten dollars in my bank account. I bought so much canned stuff. I didn't know how long this lockdown was going to be. And it was awful, but it was like, that's what I can do to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So because it's the cost of food and infrastructure and going down there, food deserts are a real problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a guy, uh, Ron Finley. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He calls himself uh, an urban gardener. Uh, okay. he, he said gar- gardening is gangster. Yes, I have heard of stuff. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 
but he has a quote that I always remember this quote and because he grows he grows you know in all these um desolate like when, when a building is like sort of dilapidated and broken he he takes the land the courtyard and, and grows because it's just sitting there waiting to be condemned he grows vegetables and fruits he's like look we're in california this is the perfect climate to be and sometimes the government will be like hey you can't do that <laughs> you can't just be growing gardens and <laughs> how dare condemn you? build yeah how dare you do healthy <laughs> grow <laughs> be an urban farmer you know right so, but he has a quote, and he says that you know, South Cent- South Central LA, where the drive-throughs are killing more people than drive-bys, hmm. and he talks about like he goes, look, every place you could go, there's like uh, dialysis uh, places popping up all through the hood because yeah. the food. He's like, look, these food, these Popeyes, and all this stuff. We like, they're not a sponsor, by the way, so I could say that <laughs> <laughs> all these places like that that we love so much, we've learned to because it's addictive. It's killing us. I, I agree, but I have a mm-hmm. caveat there. And I, and oh. I think, and oh. here's, a, here's a corollary, because people always ask about uh, Goodwill. And then <clears> why don't poor people shop at Goodwill? If you go to Goodwill now, there are people who have money who shop there. And, mm-hmm. and, and actual poor people will go to Ross or TJ Maxx mm-hmm. and buy new irregular clothes for cheap. And there is a feeling of, uh, look, I don't got much, but I feel like I'm successful to have cheap clothes. So yes, Popeyes and drive-thrus are killing us, but it's not just because they're there. It's because a lot of times when you have nothing or close to nothing, uh, the feeling of a hot meal makes you feel good. And a hot meal for $6 ain't going to happen at a Chipotle. It is not. <laughs> and so there's times where I have a can beans and I have the, the, the wick check or the EBT equivalent of vegetables, rice cauliflower in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Not me specifically in theory, but I go, you know what? I want something hot. I want something warm. Something I said, hey, look, I made a hot meal or, or I made, I bought it for my family. So I agree. I think if this infrastructure is there, he's absolutely right. But there is a bit of that. I'm still going to go to the drive through, even if there was healthier options there. I think it's education on both fronts that has to change. But it's also like the instant gratification. Those things give you, you don't have to cook. If you don't have time to cook a meal, you could get McDonald's. I do that with my nephews. I'm taking him out. I, we just went to j- drop zone. We were jumping around on trampolines. We're just tired. We're like, yeah, we're gonna go home. We're gonna get something to eat. Uh, no one's. I'm not going coming back and cooking for them. Right. I'm taking them to Mickey D, and that's what they want anyway. That's their palate's been trained for that. They don't want my hamburgers. My- <laughs> so depressed. They don't want my hamburgers. I tried. <laughs> well, no, mine's gonna be a Boca burger, and it's not gonna be meat. And they're gonna be like, ugh. <laughs> are you are you vegan, vegetarian? Uh, I'm pescatarian. Okay. So you so, just like, you'll eat meat out of the sea, but not meat with legs. Yeah. I just wanted some protein. I just wanted less and less. I'm, I kind of have like a um, Mediterranean kind of diet okay. where the people, the centurions, the people who live, the blue zone, where the people who live over, they tend to be less beef and this. And also just, I just feel better with it. I'm That's just not trying my to... resolution, actually. My resolution is to eat fish once a week. So cross the fingers. All right. Cool. Sometimes when you see someone that's 375, it's like watching someone going closer and closer to the edge of a bridge mm. about to, they're doing it slowly, but it, they're slowly inching off and everyone goes, oh, you look great. Uh-huh. Mm. Everyone kind of laughs it off. No, you, you're fine. You, you, I mean, for a big guy, you, you wear clothes nicely. <laughs> we say all this stuff to them 
And I feel like you, you almost can't now say, hey, I'm kind of worried about your health or will you a doctor? We can get off my back. I'm big. I'm large and in charge. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. it's kind of like uh, I see them do that with uh, actors and stuff like that. Where you see Dove is like, oh, embrace yourself and love yourself. And I agree. Like, I mean, in black culture, we like you, we never we hardly ever throw someone out of bed because they're <laughs> you know, too big. You're right. You're right. They're still going to get it. But it's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. But just you just got to change the geometry of it. You know what I mean? But but it, it's at the same token, I feel like, is it OK for me to go? Hey, I'm worried about you. Is everything all right? Or like, I know you're without being lambasted for being like a, a Fat shaming. I'm talking about if you come at it with uh, with a, a love and sensitivity as opposed to just being an asshole. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, again, so my situation is a little different uh, because by the time you get to be my age, I'm in my 30s, people are in their 30s, 25 or 20, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. People have come at them so crooked or us so crooked or so left-sided that, mm-hmm. that there's a centralized guard up. And we go, you know what? You don't know me, man. Like, you, Joe, don't tell me what you think I should do. And I think that's where that comes from. People mm-hmm. who are heavy set are always asking what's their plan or what do you see yourself? I'm concerned about you. So that kind of happens. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, I, I understand from my end, going from both sides, you have to want it. So you can bring it up and say, hey, look, I'm concerned just, just by, by me. I do think that maybe you should probably a workout plan, uh, but it is very risky. If yes. someone's in your circle and you really feel that way, suggest things with them. Do it with them and say, hey, look, I want you to go off for a walk and chat about life and health in general. Or, hey, I'm yeah. doing this hike. Come with me in general. Because the moment you come home standing over someone saying, you're too big, I'm not really feeling it, you're going to get the entire wrath. Now, Dove, I have my own yeah. problems with that because they don't ever show guys, right? Women mm. can go talk to other women and have groups. Lizzo can be a hero for right. that. But I can't watch a sitcom and say, oh, another fat guy with a hot wife. What's going on here? So I didn't even have that to latch on to. And so right. people give that all the time. And I used to feel a certain kind of way. Ultimately, it was my decision to go. I want to change. I want to change my body. I need help. Here, here's, my, I, here's my hands out. Is anyone who wants to help me? So to wrap up what I'm saying, lead by example. Offer your friends or loved ones that. And if you're an acquaintance, if you're a stranger, don't ask. Because you don't know if they were a professional wrestler on weekends. You don't know if they have a thyroid problem. You don't know if they're having a trauma of losing someone. It's way too risky. Yeah, I think a stranger, would that would just be weird. Like, why are you all up in their business? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Well, I'll but tell I, you what happened to me on the plane one time. I, I was mm-hmm. in the aisle seat because I felt like having the aisle would give me extra extra room. Mm-hmm. And I was doing the, I don't know if you, it's a visual podcast. I'm doing like the, the certain kind of arm fold where you try to make yourself as small as possible. And the person, you could he's tell. He's grabbing, he's clenching his Yeah, his it's like shoulders. you, you go under he's the crossing boob, his arm. Under the boob <laughs> on both sides. It's not a full arm cross. I'm like, you know, I pay the fool, but under this like weird... Um, broken down armful, but someone next to me who was already uncomfortable and you could tell, so you feel bad because you know it's because of you, because of your existence, you're making mm. someone physically uncomfortable saying, hey, you know, right. uh, hey, what are you working on, man? Are you, are you, are you, are you, are you, any, are you this big? Uh, how much do you weigh? <laughs> you know, oh. I was like, yo, this guy. And, and I was stuck with him on a four hour flight from Chicago to, to LA. So yeah, strangers do ask that because they feel threatened. That's what I'm saying. It's like, we, we either have that guy or we have the person who says, 
just want to let you know you look beautiful you look great you know that person and they're both annoying to me because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're yeah. both uh, out of line like i'm not going to say anything to a stranger because it's really you don't we don't we haven't built that trust yeah. you don't know me yeah but i feel like with like if someone is a friend or something like that i would like to be able to go like I, the problem is i don't have a plan for them because i don't know i don't know right. i don't know i'm not a trainer right. like, oh, i know <laughs> but i just know that i care that i want you to live and i want to be your friend for longer that's all i know i think there's a is a gap that people on the outside think they can't reach and i think it's different being like hey look for dessert we're going to have berries with whipped cream on top instead of a cake or hey let's go for a walk after dinner and talk I think that's mm-hmm. the start about that. I think the, the biggest thing is not losing the weight. Mm-hmm. It is putting your friend or a significant other in a mindset of, hey, I ate today. How did I move today? I think that's way more important. It can be small. It can be big. There's days where I, I walk around the block and call it a day. You know what I mean? But I think mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. Because what happens is on any exercise plan, day three, you go, I'm tired. I don't feel like it. And mm-hmm. that's the difference. If you can power through things when you're tired or not like exhausted, but tired, then yeah. you can make it a habit. That's when people try to go, I've tried everything <laughs> and, and, and give right. up after two or three days. So I think there's small things that you can do. For sure. What can you, what would you want to say to people? Cause you, you did it. Like if you hadn't told me your story, I wouldn't know anything about that. You people don't. Through the, yeah. Right. So what do you have to say to people who are probably in that situation right now? They're like, like, man, this sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, again, I don't want to talk from a pulpit. And and a lot of times I don't mention this because one, there's so many transformation Tuesday accounts on on Instagram. I did it. So can you, and everyone's different. And and two, um, because I I did it, I don't want to assume that your journey is easy. Everyone has to, I don't have kids, for example. So it's easy for me to get about 7am and take a run than most people. At the same time, I have so many different jobs. I have to make a timeout for myself or else I'll be stuck to my chair. Um, but I will say, yes, habits count. Making, it, making a habit does. You got to find something to do. Um, and also don't be afraid of using cheap inspiration. Does that and by, mean? And that I mean, like, yeah, being healthy is great. Being fit's great. But day to day, it doesn't help. Day to day, you're like, what the hell does that mean? I had a, I had a salad for breakfast. What is, am I healthy now? For me, the thing that pushed me personally we may not mm. work for you mm. is that exercising was hard for me, but every hardened criminal who did the most nefarious crimes who are in solitary, get one hour a day for exercise. It's essential. And so if, if a criminal who was the scum of the earth can do that in theory, I'm not saying criminals are bad. I'm just saying in theory. Yeah. Well, what about well, are you criminal shaming? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> These criminals. Bro. I mean, they're people too. Uh, why not give myself an hour and, 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 some days there's running, some days of weightlifting, days mm-hmm. where I weren't feeling it. I could tell you this when I used to sweat easy. I would go to the bowling alley and buy two games of bowling and just bowl frings by myself to work up a sweat. Or I, I would go to the batting cages and make it fun for me. And then more importantly, after nine weeks of that, 10 weeks of that, it goes, hey, I didn't move today. And that's how you do it. And that's how you learn about nutrition. My first 80 pounds of loss was from Subway sandwiches. I knew nothing about food. And there's some things I will not take out of my diet. I love cheeseburgers. I eat them once a month. I still love them. Chocolate. I, I have to eat chocolate. There's some things I do take out of. Pizza. I had one yesterday, but I can go months without it. I can make those compromises right. as I get more savvy to what I need and what I don't need. But the thing about moving is very important because that's that's a good point. Like the, even prisoners, they're like, like, at least give them some exercise. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, look, every fourth grade gym teacher says your food is fuel. So imagine filling up your gas tank and parking the car. <laughs> the thing is when you're heavier, you don't have to do as much to lose the weight. It's only get down to like, you know, 10% or 20% over your goal weight where it gets to be a plateaus and thing. At first, yeah, a walk here, some sweating air, a couple clapping hands, jumping jacks. It doesn't take much to make sure you're in the mindset of what mm. have I given my body today? The How has your love life changed now that you're like looking all, um, you know, ages elbow and shit? <laughs> I wish, brother. Um, well, physically, there's more stamina, not just like for sex, but like more stamina to do things different things go to park go to a game go to a concert which makes dating a lot better right mm -hmm. uh, but definitely because i went from zero meaning i didn't think women found me desirable zero to, to a hero i get it zero to, to basically playing house with a girlfriend for seven years now mm -hmm. when i'm single again i'm like this weird space where i'm in my mid-30s i'm not divorced i don't have any kids I have two college degrees mm -hmm. and i look like this where <laughs> i can have options to me, that's fulfilling to know that I lived a life where there's multiple people that want to have an opportunity to spend time with me. You mean that's, like you're a catch? You mean? Oh, uh, uh, catch. Yeah, definitely a catch. But but that to me is more <laughs> more empowering. You know, like that I have a soul that people want to learn more about, and mm. not being tossed aside, not being a mascot. Like, hey, hey, you're fat. Your mama too. You know what I mean? Like right. it, it to say to feel you have value took me later in life than most people. I'd rather actually have it now than peaking in high school. <laughs> but but that to me has just been so cool. Do you feel like the same person as when you were 375 that the people weren't noticing? Or you feel because the person that decided to lose weight is a different version? I think I'm more comfortable with having the true me out longer before I put the mask on to someone else. Now I lost the weight. When I was heavy reading Archie comics, I didn't have a life. I'm like, oh no, I'm cool. I'm like you guys. I I love the Issa, right? You know what I mean? But but being, <laughs> but being but being what I am now, I can say, yeah, man, this date's great. But I got a wrestling show in half an hour. I'm gonna go do that, deuces. <laughs> and that's who I am, you know? Right, 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 right. I mean, you do you say deuces because I don't think I ain't that chicks old. dig that. <laughs> 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 well, what do you want to say to skinny people? <laughs> <laughs> who never had to deal with this or like, I don't know. I don't, that's probably a bad way to phrase this question. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I'm glad you said that because I, I was, I, I understand because the flip happened a couple of years ago. You're talking about the whole no fat shaming or whatever. Yeah. Did, yeah. Didn't, didn't Megan trainer had a song. She was like, bump them skinny bitches. And I was like, well, we shaming skinny girls now too. Right. Like, that's a, that's, that's what <laughs> it's like. Don't shame anybody. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get it. Some people have their own issues. Some people out there can't gain weight. You know what I'm saying? It's not about the physical thing. I feel like now I'm in a place now I, I can look at you and go, that's what you are. Fine. I'm over here. <laughs> right, right, right. I just wonder what you have to say, what advice you could give people when they meet someone that's, uh, I guess, obese or, yeah. or, or, or has a severe weight. Like, in, like on a date or just in general? Just in general. Like how, how you, what, what should we do different? Uh, not think of them as obese first. <laughs> that, that's that's mm. simple and plain baby like i hate to but say that's treat that's the terminology that they use now right what is no the yeah yeah there's obese there's obese and then it used to be called morbidly obese after that 
Mm. Or, clin- or clinically obese is what they say now. But he used to be morbidly obese. Um, when it comes to being someone at your job or whatever, just don't think about things, man. Like, don't think about it at all. I mean, if it's if it's causing you discomfort, like physical discomfort, like if you were in that airline seat, for example, and you can't move, oh, right. that's one thing. But like, me and someone just want to be loved and, and acknowledged and, and treated the same. Like, it's not like a different religion. It's not different. Yeah, there's people who overeat all the time. But you don't know. Like I said, thyroid issues. It could be an injury where they can't work out the same way most people can work out. We just don't know. Or what kind of suffering or, mm-hmm. or issues that they're going through that's, that they're using. Yeah. Uh, that food is their uh, refuge. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. Yo, Flobo Boys in the house. That's thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, man. That's, uh, this is like really good information. You had to come on your show and ask me any questions about jokes or punchlines. I don't know how I feel about this, man. <laughs> <laughs> but but your uh, see, like your charisma and your humor comes out in regular conversation. I appreciate that, man. That's why I didn't have to ask you. <laughs> like we're talk- we we have like a serious subject. This is a you know would consider a serious subject matter, but we like flying off with the jokes and stuff. Absolutely, man. It reminds like- me of the one or two times. At the comedy store, people go like the Mel's Diner afterwards in this kick game. Mm. And I just love that era because you would hear the class before you, like, oh, back in the 70s, 80s, who would hang out all day and just talk jokes. And oh man, that was so cool to rap and chop it up. So I appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Uh, rappers do that. They're doing freestyle even after they just did a concert. <laughs> They're at the diner later, freestyling around the table. <laughs> yeah, banging the dog. Yeah. Banging, not tipping, but yeah. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I, I, I don't know. I don't know their tipping habits. I just assume rappers only tip in videos. Yeah, man. That's all my. That's all my video money right there. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I need these these dollars to to make it rain later. Anyway. You understand? Yo, thank you so much for sharing with me, man. And uh, we 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 have you on again. I'm saying we. I'm the only one running this show. Oh, I'm glad that you all like me. That's what I'm supposed to say. You know what it is? I think we. I think of myself as a uh, podcast empire. It hasn't happened yet, but in my mind, it's grow. To. It's growing. You know. Absolutely, man. Take it to you make it as, as a really thing. They call it manifestation now. But take it yeah. to you make it, brother. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. See what do you call it? Uh, what, uh, when you see it, then you believe it. Visualize, materialize. I like, like it. <laughs> Same-ish, man. Yeah, exactly. Wait, no, wait, it's not the skill of a, it's the will of, it's not the skill of a man, it's the will of a man. I'm fucking it up. <laughs> you preach it, though. Yo, pass a crazy day. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Any last words? Yo, man, flowbito.com, F-L-O-B-I-T-O.com. That's where all my stuff is at. Come child out your boy. You got to say it slower, man. You talk fast. Well, you were kicking off. You had the hand on the button. I was trying to get in there before you hit the record. No, stop. so you no. We All right, cool. Know. Yeah, let's float. Tell, tell them where they can man. find you. My mom's the same bullshit. She's like, "Yo, you you say it too fast." I'm like, "I'm sorry." Uh, it's uh, floatbito.com, F-L-O-B-I-T-O.com. Learn more about what I do in Southern California. My book is available on Amazon. It's called Graduation Day. We talk about the weight loss journey I did in two parts in that book, Graduation Day by me, Flobo Boys. Learn more about that also at floatbito.com, F-L-O-B-I-T-O.com. See, I know, I see what you're saying now about how your voice changes. Oh, you went, you went exactly. into pitch voice. <laughs> I got, I got to, man. Yeah. I do, I do all the time on my show. So. <laughs> all right, man. Peace. We're out.